going on, everybody? Welcome into the Overreaction Podcast, brought to you by the Market Dominator with your host, the voice of the Overreaction Podcast, Joe Miller. And I am he, the guy that I am just now speaking of. I am Joe Miller, the host of the the Overreaction Sports Podcast on the Buffalo Fanatics Network. It is so good to have all of you guys with me. So how is everybody doing? How is everybody feeling? There's a lot going on uh, just between, obviously, Pat Mahomes contracts, which are still being talked about. There's a lot going on uh, just in the NFL and and with the COVID stuff and, and everything else. And I've got a good show for you today. I'm really excited just about the content that I have for you. I think that uh, on one standpoint, I have an interview that I'm going to bring to you with Matt Perino from Syracuse.com, the Buffalo Bills beat reporter for Syracuse.com. Uh, that that interview literally popped up in a moment uh, right before I, I, I recorded this show. Um, as probably a lot of you saw last night, uh, there was just a lot of activity yesterday on Twitter and just over the weekend in regards to uh, reporting. Uh, two teams had to re- rookies had to report for two teams, rookies and quarterbacks, I believe, uh, for the Chiefs and the Texans on Saturday. And to be honest with you, I'm not even sure if that happened. Uh, so, like, literally, I don't, I, I haven't gotten word yet as to whether or not they did report. Uh, but I've got Matt Perino uh, that's going to be on the show with me to talk just about that sort of stuff. Uh, I do want to as well dive into what's it going to take or what are the real, realistic possibilities or chances or uh, what what do we think it's going to take for Josh Allen to do what there's a lot of people speculating. A lot of people are speculating that Josh Allen is going to be in the MVP conversation this year. And I'm not here to tell you yes. And I'm not here to tell you no. What I want to talk about is I just want to go through some stats. I want to look at some things. I want to touch on some things. And I want to have just some honest, real conversation on what it would probably take. Right? What it would probably take for Josh Allen to truly be not only in the MVP discussion, but to potentially or possibly win the MVP of the NFL next year. Or I should say this season, if in fact there is a season. And to that point, uh, just from a transition standpoint, it makes it super, super easy. Um, I want to transition real quick. If you were on social media at all this weekend, mostly yesterday, there was a lot of chatter from the players. A lot of chatter. Uh, the The amount of Bills players, there were Bills players that tweeted. There was prominent players across the NFL that have have tweeted throughout throughout the weekend with the hashtag we want to play. Hashtag we want to play. So if you've got this podcast on your phone uh, or if it's on your car or if it's running on your computer, go to Twitter right now. And while you're listening to me, type in the hashtag we want to play. Hashtag we want to play. And just begin reading some of the tweets from the players. Stefan Diggs. If Adam Silver can respect the voices and protect his NBA players, why can't NFL commissioner do the same? Listen to your players. If we want to have a full season, it will have to look different with our safety as the priority. The NFL needs to make necessary changes. Hashtag we want to play. Russell Wilson, I am concerned. My wife is pregnant. NFL training camp is about to start. Right now, it's slated for all the players, I believe, to report on the 28th of July. The 28th of July. So what are we looking at? Today is the 20th. Eight days. NFL camp uh, is about to start, he says, and there's still no clear plan on player health and family safety. We want to play football, but we also want to protect our loved ones. 
hashtag we want to play. J.J. Watt, once again, in the interest of keeping everyone, players and fans, as informed as possible, here's an updated list of what we as players know and don't know as the first group gets set to report to training camp tomorrow. This was sent seven hours ago from the time that I was re- uh, recording this. However, my guess is it was sent earlier in the week. We want to play. We want to be as safe as possible. This is from J.J. Watt. The NFL can mandate the players show up to training camp regardless if any agreement has been reached between the NFL and the NFLPA. We still have not been granted the full and proper training camp acclimation period necessary as recommended by the medical and training staffs. What he's talking about is the quarantine time. We still do not know if there will be daily testing, every other day testing, etc. Right now I can tell you from everything that I've seen, heard, and read, the players want daily testing, the NFL wants every other day testing. J.J. Watt goes on, we still do not know if there will be preseason games or not. We still do not know how a positive COVID test will be handled in regards to others in close contact, in the huddle, directly engaged with, etc. He goes on, a strong and fair opt-out clause for those at higher risk or those with family members at higher risk has still not been agreed upon. Two more points, the second to last one. If players do not show up on time, they can be fined or considered in breach of contract, even even if health and safety protocols have not been agreed upon or IDR, infectious disease emergency, emergency response plans, have not been approved. And his last point, again, we want to play. Derek Carr, I want to play ball this year, but we are going to need the NFL to make sure they are listening to everyone and taking steps for the players and their families to be safe. Hashtag, we want to play. Darius Slay, why isn't the NFL listening to the recommendations from their own joint committee? If we want to have a full season, it will have to look different. The NFL needs to make necessary changes. Hashtag, we want to play. Todd Gurley, you want to watch football this year? Us players need to remain healthy in order to make that happen. The NFL needs to do their part in order to bring football back safely in 2020. Hashtag, We want to play. Deshaun Watson. It is disheartening to hear the NFL is unwilling to follow the recommendations of their own experts regarding player health and safety. If we want to have a full season, the NFL needs to listen to their experts. Hashtag. You guessed it. We want to play. Buffalo Bills guard John Feliciano. The NFL is doing what they always do. They are waiting for the last minute so they can try to put public pressure on the players just so the fans know we've asked numerous questions, and a lot of them were flat-out ignored by the owners. Hashtag, we want to play. Jarvis Landry, Frank Gore, David Bakhtari, Micah Hyde. If the NFL doesn't do their part to keep players healthy, there is no football in 2020. It's that simple. Hashtag, we want to play. Pat Mahomes getting ready to report this week, hoping... The NFL will come to an agreement with the safe and right protocols so that we can feel protected playing the sport we love. Hashtag, we want to play. Carson Wentz, Richard Sherman, Justin Tucker, DK Metcalf, Tyron Matthew. On and on and on. From the most famous of players to some of the least known players, the narrative is the same across the NFL right now amongst the players. Hashtag, we want to play, but they want to play safe. And I will be honest with you, is I was reading this information this weekend. I'm not afraid to tell you that I didn't know what the heck they were talking about. 
Like, I, I, I pride myself on being every fan to every man, so basically I'm just one of you guys. I'm not an expert. I don't sit in my house. My job is not to read articles. My job is not to listen to every podcast. My job is not to stay in contact and be on conference calls with league professionals and know exactly what's going on You know, at any given moment inside the NFL. That's, that's not what I do. This isn't my job. This is a hobby. But that doesn't necessarily mean that my voice doesn't carry weight in the sense of there's people listening to me. So for me, there was a great deal of like, well, what the heck is going on? What are the, what are the players demanding? I read J.J. Watt's tweet. I've read some other ones as well. But there was no clear and kind of like concise information on what it was they were driving at. There was no real like, oh, this is what they want. So as I began kind of researching, I did what I would hope that anybody that is smart would do, which is start asking questions to people who know this stuff and people whose job it is to know this stuff. So I got my hand up. I put my hand up and I was like, hey, Matt Perino, Syracuse.com, Bills Beat Reporter, tell me what's up. So in a flash, I got on the phone with Matt Perino. And I'm going to bring to you now that conversation that I had with Matt Perino on the hashtag we want to play and the NFL players' demands to the NFL owners. Here it is. Well, I'm joined right now with Matt Perino, who is the Buffalo Bills beat reporter for Syracuse.com. Matt, how you doing? Good, Joe. I'm good. Happy uh, Sunday night here as we get uh, one day closer tomorrow to maybe some some football. Yeah, there was a couple teams that were supposed, supposed to report on Saturday, which I'm guessing is is that yesterday or is that next Saturday? Uh, yeah, I think that there were some rookies that were reporting um, in the last couple of days, uh, it's, it, as you know, and as we we're going to talk about, it's a very hazy, uh, ever-changing Correct. situation right now uh, as as we move move forward. But I think like the one thing that fans should know is that you know there's there's a lot of you know um, discussions and, and bargaining going on between the NFL Players Association and the NFL, um, but. You know, as the players have said, like the, the NFL has the power to start this season. You know, because it is in the collective bargaining agreement. Um, that if there's unsafe work environment uh, where the where the players feel like you know some of the issues that we're going to talk about uh, haven't been uh, you know to their satisfaction in terms of the discussions that have gone on and what they're looking for in this situation, then you know they're going to file a grievance and this thing can get uh, a little bit messy. And I don't think anybody wants that. Everything I've heard and read, you know, right. from the national guys, if you're not following Tom Pelissaro from NFL.com, NFL Network, definitely get, get get on board there. I sent you that podcast. He did with the ringer. I thought yeah, it was yeah. a really good list. And I, I recommend everybody going and checking that out because this is complicated, man. Like, you know, we talked a little bit before we started this thing about how, you know, everyday fans are just trying to keep up with this. And I think the most important thing to remember is so are we. Like, even, you know, I cover the team right. for a living, and, and I'm trying to listen to and read as much stuff as I can, you know, try to listen to the players. I mean, guys like John Feliciano and, you know, Micah Hyde today and Stefan Diggs have been really outspoken yep. about, you know, their concerns. And, and they're valid concerns because – What's happening here, to the NFL's credit, they're trying to get a season going, and I think everybody wants football. And that's what this whole thing's about, like the players from the player side of things. The hashtag is we want to play. Like that, there's, there's no you know, pulling punches there. Everybody wants this thing to happen. 
But what the NFL is doing, it's different than the NBA and even Major League Baseball to a degree in the sense that there's no mm. practical bubble situation that they can create. So this is a much more, um, I don't want to say dangerous, but this is a much more risky venture for players than it is for LeBron James and James Harden to fly to Orlando and, and be quarantined and only be around other people that um, you know are in the league and, and, and are being tested every day. And there's just a bunch of little things that they're still trying to get some um, understanding on and, and like a, a, a set plan. Um, I think that that's the key to this, though, is the communication, as the communication continues, and right. that kind of, right. you know, the, the, the conversation keeps going. There's never going, I don't think they're going to be able to land in the next eight days on a, on a, a plan or uh, a set of plans that everybody's going to be uh, agree as foolproof. There's just no way in this world. Wow. But I just think that they, there's scary. just concerns about let's get as close as we can to that. We're talking with Matt Perino, and just real quick, I want to back up just a hair because there's 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 a couple different things at play, and one of them is the hashtag we want to play, which is exploding on social media, Twitter today, which is why you and I are talking. The other one is that bubble word, and to be honest with you, and I don't, you know, I I consider myself relatively intelligent, um, but even that word like bubble. So explain to us real quick, nothing super in detail, just just I you know basically just drive it home for us what we think the bubble is. And then I just want you to kind of explain what the bubble piece is, the bubble part of this, and we'll move on to the next part. Yeah, so like for an NBA team, they're going to have 15 players and, you know, 5 to 10 to 12 to 15 coaches. The NFL, when we when we start things up in a couple of weeks here, that's going to be minimum 80 players, probably more closer right. to 90. Then you're talking about coaching staff, which could be upwards of 20, 30 People, support staff, PR. I mean, they've literally they've they've, they've cut up um, organizations now into three tiers worth of people, and they're still talking about in addition to teams um, like the the rosters, the players. They're talking about up to 115 people that could be cleared to like be traveling with teams and uh, be involved on a daily basis at, at the, the team's facility. So. Basically, what the bubble would have been is if they could have created a situation where you could have all the teams in one place or in one region right. and kind of be around each other only and kind of act right. as a quarantine like they're doing with the NBA players. The NBA players aren't allowed to leave the complex there. Like, and there's a hotline. If right. anybody leaves the complex, quote unquote, the bubble, you know, that they're going to be reported and there's going to be repercussions because that's how they feel they're. They're, that's their best chance to get a season done. The NFL doesn't have that option. The um, the, the, the league's uh, lead medical uh, doctor, um, Doctor Sills, who's been you know obviously a popular name over the course of the last couple of weeks. He was interviewed a few weeks ago and said, "Listen, it, we would love to do a bubble in a perfect world. It's just not practical, practical or reasonable right, to do that with this kind of um, these, these kind of numbers." So I think for me, what what stuck out to me with this in particular, because stuff floats on social media all the time, and it's back and forth, and, it, and not just COVID-related, but just in general to, like, whatever's going on in the world. And I think what, what stuck out to me and what kind of got my antennas up was the amount of players that were 
genuinely, and, and, and the message is similar, and it all ends with the hashtag, we want to play. But this isn't jockeying for position. This isn't, this isn't one or two guys that are in the NFLPA that are basically making a statement, trying to position themselves against the NFL so the fans can see it. This is literally like a lot of the major main players in the NFL coming out with a comment. So, And that was the question that I originally asked you. What are some of the things, what are some of the demands that they're looking for? Real quick, because I know you got to go, but what are some of the quick demands that they're looking for, clarity that they want from the NFL before they're ready to come in? Yeah, and I think the, you know, first and foremost, I think one of the biggest issues right now, like we can go down an economic uh, wormhole here that, you know, there's a right, lot right. of different pieces to this thing. I mean, just last week there was a report coming that came out that the NFL wanted, you know, to escrow 35% of player salaries, which meant that, you know, they could hold 35% of a player's salary this season because of the expected revenue um, right. losses, which we're talking about like, maybe upwards of $4 billion across the league. And so they want to wow. kind of um, pad themselves a little bit for that. Well, the players are like, no way. Like, we're not doing that. Um, but, the, you know, there could be capital implications. So that's a whole other deal. Like, the economic part of it, right. that's really complicated. Right. But we're just talking about, like, what I think you're seeing today on social media from players, and we were on a call with J.C. Treader, uh, the center for the Cleveland Browns, who's the president of the NFLPA, on Friday, you know, I think that they're all coming together and what has been a bubbling um, apprehension over the course of the last three or four weeks, you're seeing it come to a head today. Like, if you remember a few weeks back, I don't know if you read it, Tim Graham put out a story at The Athletic where uh, he interviewed Micah Hyde, and Micah Hyde said, listen, I, I don't trust the league right now. Like, I, 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 I'm right. really worried about COVID. I'm, uh, his wife just had a baby. Uh, there's a lot right. of people across the league. I think you saw Russell Wilson come out and talk about it. So the state yep. Yep. measures, and listen, I think everybody, like, you know, there's this misconception that, like, you know, players are so, like, athletic and in shape and healthy that maybe if they get it, it's no big deal. Well, you know, like I said, there's no bubble, so they're going to be going home to their families and their children. Right. And we're starting to see all these different stories. Just in Buffalo, a 21-year-old uh, girl passed away from this uh, last week. Right. And so there's right. real – when there's not enough answers, you know – or, or when you feel like the answers that you're getting aren't satisfying, you know, your fears, that's what I think is coming out in this. And, you know, the players want to be as safe as possible, which means they want testing every day while the league wants to do every other day. Well, if, right. there's, if there's medical experts telling you that by doing that, and I'm not saying that this is the case, but from a player's perspective, why I think they want daily testing is, you know, maybe let's, let's use every chance we have to try to catch somebody that might have this and has the potential to spread it. Because I feel like right. if you get one, like I think they're being called super spreaders, where somebody that, you know, comes into the, the locker room and, you know, I don't want to compare it to NS cancer because it's a completely different situation, but somebody that, you know, touches right, right. a lot of people or comes into contact, maybe doesn't take it as seriously. And then all of a sudden, you're talking about literally taking out an entire team. So for, for that perspective, why am I going to come back, risk, you know, my health if I'm a player, mm. if, if somebody can just, you know, come in here, get us all sick, and we're out of the season anyway. You know what I mean? Because what right. do you do? Right. That's another thing, Joe. What happens, and this is a thing that I still don't feel like I've really gotten clarification on from everything that I've read. And, uh, you know, there's there's a uh, there's a thing on – if you go to the Syracuse.com right now, I put a story up on last week where it was like, is it safe to start? And I really focused on the traveling aspect of it all. But 
there's a document that, that linked, that's linked in the story to NFL.com where it has all their procedures, and you can literally read through all of them. But what's going to happen to a team if they are really impacted are, and, they're, and they can't feel the team? Like, say it happens, it really starts to bubble up on right. a Friday before a Sunday game, and they got, like, 20 people that get it, and they can't send them out. Right. Like, are they, and they can't play that week. Are they out of the, the season? Are they eliminated? Like, I, I don't know. Like, there's, a, there's just questions that I think maybe they haven't even considered yet because just the basics of this thing are daunting. There's waiver questions. There's all kinds of questions like that. What does IR look like? How many guys can go and come back? Obviously, there's ro- I would think there's roster questions. You know, is it going to be 53 and 48? Are they going to bump it just in case? And right. I think for me, and I'll let you go right. I'll let you go right after this. Uh, I think the worst case scenario, and clearly the, the owners are about mitigating risk, and that's what all their attorneys are telling them is how to mitigate risk through this pandemic, and it's a unique situation. But the the worst possible thing that could happen, there was an athletic trainer in Buffalo. I believe he worked for the YMCA, young guy, thirty mid thirties, early forties, like the beacon of health. He got COVID and died. What happens if one of these players, Pat Mahomes, like one of the stars of the NFL, gets COVID? And it kills him. Like, that, and I think that's the greatest concern all of us have, right? So this whole thing is just—it's—it's it's a mess. And we hope they can work it out. And I think the bubble piece is huge. I think to your point, like, like th- there's not a bubble big enough for that many players, coaches, assistants, water guys, like water people, because there's water women. There's you know the athletic trainers are males and females. Like, there's just so many people on staff. It's just insane. Like, it's absolutely. Crazy. So there has to be some serious plans buttoned up. So, uh, again, Matt Perino from Syracuse.com, the Bills uh, beat reporter for, for Syracuse.com. You guys all read his stuff and listen to him and love him. So do I. So, Matt, thank you so much for, like, jumping out with me, like, at a moment's notice. I appreciate it. I got you, man. I got love for Buffalo Fanatics. Me and Rico go way back. Uh, Pierre. Uh, so I, I always try to do what I can for uh, my guys over at Buff Fanatics. So I appreciate you guys. You're the man, Matt. Thank you so much. Have a great night. You too, buddy. Take care. So after listening to that interview, uh, and and again, real quick, actually, super duper special thanks to Matt Perino. Literally, I texted Matt and I was like, bro, I need help. <laughs> like, you got to help a brother out here, dude, because I'm not exactly sure what in the world is going on with this whole we want to play hashtag. And I was like, I'm not dumb. Like, I I consider myself, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But I don't consider myself to be stupid either. And it's like, I, you know, I've watched the politics of football over, you know, my the course of my life, watching football for the last 30-something years, you know, intently. Watching the owners and the teams position themselves against the players. And watching the players position themselves against the teams and seeing how the publicity works out. And, and let's be honest for a second, the NFL teams are master marketers. Master marketers. It's super duper rare that you find a grievance or a situation between the players and the teams where the majority of the fans of the NFL are on the player's side. Right. And this voice that's coming out of the NFL is just a little bit different. This isn't Troy Vincent. This isn't whoever's in charge of the NFLPA right now or a couple of the NFLPA representatives from each team who's coming out and saying something. This is like 
a unified voice from all of the players, which is super rare. Super rare. But if there's something that if there's something that's got you right now thinking that the NFL season, the 2020 NFL season might be in doubt, I would tell you it's probably not COVID infections. It's not the rate of spread, it's not the mortality rate, it's not what city, where, and who is flying in and how. It's not the government, it's not the states, it's not the scientists, it's not the doctors who have been silenced. Yes, I said it. The doctors who have been silenced by the politicians. That's not what's putting this season in jeopardy. What's putting the 2020 season in jeopardy is the NFL teams, the NFL organization, failing to provide answers, appropriate answers to the players. And I think it's fair of the players to want the answers that they're searching for. There's 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 questions about how much money they're going to get if they just show up. The players want, like, hey, if I show up to training camp and get sick, like, I want some money. If I play three games or four games, I want some money. Like, if I get waived, what does that mean? What are the rules for coming back from COVID? I think I saw something out there somewhere that there's, like, three weeks. Like, IR is three weeks. Well, if it's three weeks, but the quarantine is two weeks, then why is it three weeks? There's silliness as it pertains to, and you guys have all seen it. Like, they can go out there and they can slam into each other, and they can, oh, by the way, on some minimal levels, transfer blood. Because if somebody's arm is cut, it's going to end up on another player. If somebody's leg is cut, it's going to end up on another player. If somebody's nose is bleeding, if their mouth is bleeding and they spit out blood, it's going to end up on another player. So it's like you guys can go out there for three hours and slam your bodies into each other, but you can't shake hands after the game. Matt Perino pointed me uh, to a couple different really, really good resources um, as I look them up here real quick. One of them was a podcast. Um, and I would tell you that uh, for everybody listening to me, if you're curious as to what in the world is going on in the NFL right now with this whole COVID thing and why there's not a holdup, but why some of the players or the majority of the players are, are hashtagging and, get, and taking to Twitter, uh, there's a podcast called uh, Ringer, the NFL show, the Ringer NFL show. And uh, is it Tom Pelisano? Uh, what's his name? Hang on a second for me as I look this up real quick. Yeah, Tom Pelissero. So you, you're going to want to follow Tom Pelissero, but Tom is on this podcast and there's a lot of solid information. And all of that to basically say this before I move on to my next topic. If something is going to be keeping the NFL from happening in 2020, it's not going to be COVID. It's going to be the way the NFL does not respond to COVID for the players to protect them. And to be honest with you, one of the biggest things is this bubble thing. The fact that an NBA team is five starters and some bench players. A hockey team is, what, six starters and some bench players. NFL franchises, when they move around city to city, it's almost like moving a small village with them. Keeping track of these players. What they're doing 
at the hotels or, or in different cities or where they're going or who they're coming in contact with, or as Matt said, a super spreader. So that was a super, super good conversation, and I appreciate Matt for coming on very much last minute. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Before I move on to my next topic, it's important for you guys to understand that this this stuff, this hobby of mine, and all of us, so all of us that are creating content, Buffalo Bills content, for you to listen to and enjoy. We're doing this. This isn't the, from the elites, and I would I would call the elites the guys like Greg Thompson. Bruce Nolan, guys like that, from the elites to the the beginners, the guy that you just heard of that you've only listened to one time. Pat Moran is an elite. None of us are doing this for a living. None of us. However, we all have equipment that we have to purchase, and there's costs that are that go along with this. So I would just ask you that as you hear just different people pitching the sponsors of their shows that you give them a try, especially if you have an opportunity to. So for me, this show, the overreaction podcast is brought to you by the market dominator. You've heard me talk about it for a couple weeks and I would not bring you something that I have not used, tried, trusted, or even have a relationship with. And John is a very good friend of mine. John is a real estate broker in Western New York, but he can help you no matter where you are in the country. I've been retweeting some of his stuff that he's been tweeting out there because interest rates are at an all-time low. I'm about to refinance my house at 2.8. That's probably too much personal information. I know a friend of mine that refinanced his house at 2.2%. That's free money. (laughs) Long story short, if you're in the market to buy a house, now is the time. Now is the time. And you want to call John Spaschek. John is... Uh, the market dominator. You can reach him at 716-570-3298. 716-570-3298. You can email him, youreliteBroker at gmail.com. That email address, youreliteBroker at gmail.com. Here's the thing. If you're buying or you're, if it is a seller's market, dude, houses are going for ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 over the ask, asking price. So if you've got a house that you're thinking about, eh, maybe I'll sell this house or I... Get around, get around to it. I just, I don't know if I want to pack the basement. I've got so much crap down there, and the backyard's a mess, and blah 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 blah. I gotta fix that. I gotta fix this bathroom. Listen to me. If you're on the fence about selling whatever uh, the property, your primary residence, or you're on the fence about selling a property that you own, now is the time to do it. Stop being on the fence. Give John a call. John will tell you exactly what your property's worth. He'll tell you exactly what to expect, and he'll walk you and the buyer through the process. Clean deal. Totally clean deal. John Spaschek, the market nominator. Call him today. Tell him I sent you. Tell him you heard about him on the Overreaction Podcast. So with that, what I want to do is I want to transfer, or transfer, I want to transition, if you will, to some conversation that is a very, very hot topic amongst the Buffalo Fanatics staff. And it's become quippy, jokey, and it's become somewhat, mm, I don't know, I would say fun. We'll use the word fun. And I'm not here to squash anybody's fun. I'm not here to come down on, any, on anybody. I'm not here to, I'm not a naysayer, I'm, but I'm also not necessarily here to pave the way and make it sound like that, you know, it's all rainbows and roses either. But I want to talk about the second topic for today's show, which is Josh Allen's opportunity potential to be either the MVP of the NFL in 2020 or in that conversation. 
What is it going to take for Josh Allen to be in the conversation for MVP of the NFL? And there's a lot of you, understandably so, that have already gone, that's not even possible. Joe, I don't, I, I'm probably going to turn you off, Joe, because it's not even possible. Well, before you turn me off, before you move on to <laughs> Bruce exclusive or you move on to whatever cover one's talking about today, just stick with me for a couple more minutes because I'm not going to be a fanboy today. But I'm also not going to be a naysayer and a contrarian. I'm not going to tell you that it's not possible. I'm just going to give you some information. The reality is, is nothing is necessarily impossible, right? I don't think it is. Is it highly improbable? Are there things that are highly improbable? Yes, there's things that are highly, was it, I don't think that it's highly improbable that the Bills could go to the Super Bowl and even potentially win a Super Bowl this year. I would tell you that four years ago, highly improbable, not impossible, highly improbable. So if we have a conversation about Josh Allen, we have to look at the good and the bad, right? You can't take a conversation. You can't take a snapshot. You can't take whatever. You can't, you can't try to argue one side or the other without at least some real information. Now, I have given you and you have heard and you know stats galore about Josh Allen. His first season... Uh, he was injured for a couple games. The touchdowns, you know that in the last two years, he's uh, either leading the league or right there in rushing touchdowns. Uh, th- uh, passing yards last year, he threw for, what was it, uh, 3,000 yards. He he was 58% or 56%, 58% completion percentage, but he was running 60% up until about the last three or four games of the season. Uh you know, you know the stats. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give, I'm not gonna bore you, insult your intelligence with more Josh Allen stats and information. What I want to do is, I want to ask you the question: What do you think it's going to take for Josh Allen to be the MVP of the NFL next year, or at least in the conversation? Is it about wins? We've been barraged all weekend by Bruce Nolan telling us that wins are not a quarterback stat. So, is it about wins? Is it about yards? Is it about touchdowns? Passing or what about like rushing touchdowns? Is it about completion percentage? Quarterback rating? What about QBR, the most non-scientific joke of a rate way to rate a quarterback based on what computers think a quarterback was supposed to do in a given play? Is it about QBR? Well, the only way to truly figure that out is to base the person that you're thinking about, the argument that you want to make in this point, it's Josh Allen, QB1 of the Buffalo Bills, who looks amazing in shorts. We're about to get to see that hopefully very soon, probably in the next 8 to 10, 14 days. But measure him against the last... MVPs of the NFL. Now, I've got a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, the last seven NFL MVPs. And as luck would have it, they're all quarterbacks. The eighth last MVP, so eight MVPs ago, was Adrian Peterson. But if we look at the quarterbacks that have basically been MVPs for the last eight seasons, and we we begin to break down just what we see in their stats Effectively, what the story tells us is they won MVP 
not because they won a Super Bowl. For those of you that don't know, the MVP is voted on after the last game of the season before the playoffs start, even though the results are not given, released, made public until week of the Super Bowl. So the MVP is not decided like after the AFC Championship game or after the NFC Championship game. It's decided before the playoffs even start. Before they even start. So what is it that makes an NFL MVP? It's not the playoffs. It's not a Super Bowl. I'm going to prove that to you. In my opinion, it's a player who has had an extraordinary season stats-wise. Extraordinary season. And I think you all, all would agree. And if it's not a situation where the player has had an extraordinary season stats-wise, more than likely it's because he it's a winning team, right? So the team has been successful. And he is clearly outplaying every other player on his team and, in an, in fact, elevating the players around him. And or both of those things. We've also learned from history that generally this person is a media darling. So it's a person that the the NFL is just the NFL media is just losing their minds over. This is the name that, that the name that comes up on the Today show. This is the name that comes up, you know, on CNN and on MSNBC and on Fox News. They're talking about Lamar Jackson. They're talking about Pat Mahomes. Like it's not a situation where this is a player who's like lost in the shuffle underneath the radar, having a really great season, but nobody really knows it because his team is 11 and five uh, is winning their division. However, you know, he's not in the bright lights because they have no primetime football games. So that part of this situation, the scenario is going to be addressed and corrected. Josh Allen has four, five, four official, I say five prime primetime football games right now. So he's going to get the spotlight. Here's another thing to answer that kind of question, the media darling question. Josh Allen is very polarizing. People either love the dude or they hate the dude. It's almost like Democrat and Republican. <laughs> Literally, people that hate him, hate him. People that love him, love him. There is no middle road with this guy. So you put this kid on five primetime football games at the end of the season. So the end of the 2020 season, 2020 season, your TV guide might as well just have a picture of the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen on it. You also have a kid who is not afraid of the bright lights and not afraid of the big stage. We saw that last year, right? He owned. Josh Allen was the conversation of Thanksgiving. He was the conversation. So there's an opportunity for Josh Allen to, he's probably not going to come out of the gate the first four games as the media darling. It's going to be all about Pat. Pat just signed, if you have been living under a rock, Pat Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs just signed a $500 million, a half a billion dollar contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. So make no mistake, the first four or five games, the first half of the season is going to be about Pat Mahomes. And Pat Mahomes better come out correct. He better be right. Because if he comes out and the Chiefs go two and six, the first eight games, woof. 
is all I'm going to say. Now, chances are they're not going to do that. But is it impossible? Probably. Is it improbable? Maybe not. The point being on that point, media darling, Josh Allen having a bit of the it factor, a little bit of a farveness to him, Brett Favre, a little bit of a gunslinger, a little bit of a risk taker, a little bit of a giant cannon, big smile, big stage player, likes to have fun. Josh Allen has that piece, right? Then it comes back to, is he going to have an extraordinary season? Or is he clearly going to be the best player on his team? Now, here's the problem. Josh Allen has a very good football team around him. Josh Allen, if Josh Allen finds great success in the NFL this year, nobody is going to say that Josh did it all by himself. It's just not the truth. This is a very good football team. From the defensive side of the football team, they're returning like almost every starter but two, right? They're going to be a top two, top three defense again. And all the excuses on the offense have been removed. So let's go through just some stats briefly. I'm not going to bore you with them. But I have had I've, the good news is that I have had people comment to me or at least respond to me saying, hey, when you were going through the stats on whatever it is that you were talking about, it really helped me kind of you know get a picture in my mind of what we're talking about. So I'm going to, oops, I just bumped the mic, sorry. So I'm going to give you some, I'm going to give you some stats real quick. 2019, your NFL MVP, everybody should know, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was 13-2. He won the AFC North. He did not go to the Super Bowl. He actually played horribly in the playoff game. But again, as I told you, the playoffs don't matter as it pertains to NFL MVP. For the season, Lamar Jackson was 265 for 401. So 265 completions for 401 passing attempts. He had the lowest, by far the lowest, well, not by far. He had, well, we'll call it by far. He had the lowest amount of passing attempts for an NFL MVP quarterback winner in the last seven seasons. 401. 66% completions for 3,127 yards. If you think about quarterback play, NFL's, Names like Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, which we're going to talk about them. These numbers are pedestrian. These numbers are outside of the 66%. These numbers are Josh Allen-esque. I'm not saying that Josh Allen is Lamar Jackson. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Josh Allen's numbers outside of the 66% weren't too far off from the numbers that I just first gave you outside of this number 36 passing touchdowns. That's a big number. Big number. Lamar Jackson had 36 touchdowns, six interceptions. He was 6-1 to one with 113 quarterback rating. 113. Oddly enough, there's no QBR listed for him for 2019. He also had the special touch on the ground. 176, 176 rushing attempts for 1,206 yards, seven touchdowns. So you're basically trading off. The MVP writers are trading off his passing yards for his rushing yards. It's a Michael Vick situation, right? 3,100 passing yards, 1,200 rushing yards. But I think more importantly, outside of the defense that that, that was in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson wasn't surrounded with talent. There was no... 
I mean, Hollywood Brown was his number one, like the, the best receiver on his team. And yes, I know some of you are like, yeah, but Hollywood Brown's really good. Well, he's not Julio Jones. Is that fair? He's not Devontae Adams, right? He's not Julian Edelman. Do I need to continue? Lamar Jackson was surrounded by three really good tight ends. A running back that has been around the league for a while. And a couple nice wide receivers. He basically, I don't want to say he did it himself, but he was a matchup nightmare for NFL defenses. Lamar Jackson was the media darling of 2019. Without a doubt. And he played into it, as did the rest of his team, quite a bit with the whole not bad for a running back, right? 2018, Pat Mahomes. 12-4, and four, they won the West. They did not win the Super Bowl. They won the AFC West. He was 383 attempts, or I'm sorry, completions on 580 attempts. 580 attempts for 5,097 yards. He had 50 touchdowns. 12 interceptions, 4 to 1 ratio. He also had a 113 quarterback rating. Lamar had 113. Pat had 113. And an 80 QBR. Sprinkled in 272 rushing yards. But even when you think about that team that he was on, they had Shady, right? And they had Travis Kelsey. Defense was okay. Sammy Watkins, Tyree Kill. But nothing super elite. The big, the big, the big number here is the fifty touchdowns, five thousand yards, fifty touchdowns. That's a big deal in the NFL. Big deal. Two thousand seventeen, Tom Brady, Buffalo Bills' favorite quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, <laughs> thirteen and three. So there's already somewhat of a, you're beginning to see a pattern, right? In wins, thirteen and three. They were the Super Bowl champs. Five hundred and eighty-one attempts. Five hundred and eighty-one attempts. 385 receptions or completions, rather, 66%. Pat Mahomes was also 66%. 4,577 yards, 32 touchdowns, eight interceptions. There's another stat that's beginning to stick out. A lot of touchdowns, very few interceptions. 102 rating. Ratings dropped a little bit, but it's still above 100. 2016, Matt Ryan was the NFL MVP. They were 11-5 NFC South champs. 534 attempts. Are you beginning to get the picture? Outside of Lamar Jackson, in order for a quarterback, not in order, but quarterbacks that win the NFL MVP, chuck the ball a lot. So if you're coming into this season going, man, I hope the Bills ground and pound with Moss and and Singletary, you better not be tagging that on with, and I hope Josh Allen wins the NFL MVP because it's not going to happen. Matt Ryan, 2016, 11 and 5, 534, 373 completions, 69.9% completions, 70, almost 70% completions, 4,944 yards. Here it is again. 38 touchdowns, seven interceptions. 38 touchdowns, seven interceptions. That's insane. Five to one is his ratio. How about this number? 117 quarterback rating. If you be should be able to begin seeing the picture that I'm painting for you, right? My man, my guy, Jay Spence's guy, Cam Newton, 2015, 15 and one, NFC South champs, 
495 pass attempts, 296 completions for a 59.8%. He is the only quarterback on my list that's under 60%. 3,837 yards, pedestrian numbers there, right? 35 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 3.5 to 1. That number's dipped, but he was just under 100 rating. He tossed in 636 yards rushing for 10 TDs, but the thing about Cam Newton in 2015... And my boy Jay Spence has talked about it a lot. He had trash around him. They went 15-1 and one because of Cam Newton. It's hard to debate it. And I'm not a Cam Newton fan. It's just hard to debate it. Cam Newton, in my opinion, Cam Newton is an outlier in this list. Was not an extraordinary season stats-wise. However, he was clearly the best player on that football team. 2014, Aaron Rodgers, 12-4, and four, a, or NFC North champs. 520 attempts. There's that number again, 520. 341 completions, 65%. 4,381 yards, 38 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Holy crap. <laughs> 38 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Almost 8-1. 112 QB rating. 78 QBR. Woof. And the last one I'm going to give you is Peyton Manning. 13 and 3 in 2013. They were the West, AFC West champs. 659 passing attempts. My eyes popped out of my head. 659 passing attempts for 450 completions. Almost 70% completions on almost 700 attempts. What in the world? Now, I know that his arm was kind of noodling off at that point, and he was throwing a lot of short passes, but holy crap. 5,477 yards, 55 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 115 quarterback rating, 55 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 5-1. to Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not telling you that it's impossible for Josh Allen to become the NFL MVP. I'm not telling you it's impossible for him to be in the conversation for NFL MVP, but if you look at this information, if you look at these numbers, if you look at these players, outside of Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning maybe in 2013, none of these guys had a complete team around them. They all won over 12 games. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Matt Ryan, 11-5, 11-5 in 2016, so I'm wrong. They, were all run, they all won over 11 games. So Josh Allen is going to have to put together a season where his team is going to win 11-12, 13 games. In order for him to be in the conversation of MVP or even win, I think he's going to have to throw the ball 500 times. He's going to have to find that 65%, 64% completion percentage or... He's going to have to find a way to rush for 800 yards. He's going to have to live in that quarterback rating space probably over 100. The thing that Josh Allen has going for him is his touchdown-to-interception ratio, which is very good. But he's also going to have to throw more touchdowns. I think he threw 20 last year. He's probably going to have to get into that 35-40 to 40 range, which... Judge Mathis from the Bills guys says that he believes that Josh Allen could account for 40 touchdowns next year. I don't remember if he said that uh, 
he would account for 40 plus more on the ground or 40 total. But make no mistake, because of who he has around him, he's 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 bringing back an entire offensive line for continuity. Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, John Brown, Dawson Knox, Sigletarian Moss. It's going to have to be even a little more special. He's going to have to have a little more fun. He's going to have to capture the eye of the media. He's going to have to capture the eye of the nation. He's going to have to come through on big stages. Because the reality is, is we're not in the we're not in the limelight enough. And and there's a huge amount of people that don't want the Bills to win. They don't want the Bills to be good. It's a stab in the gut for me every single time they talk about the Cowboys being America's team. I'm right there with you. Because I don't think they are. And for God's sakes, we can barely we're barely considered an NFL team and we're the only team that plays in the NFL. Can Josh become the NFL MVP in 2019? It's not impossible. Is it improbable? Probably. Nothing's impossible. I messed that up earlier when I was talking about it. I think a couple minutes ago I said something was impossible, and it's not. not it's not impossible, it's just improbable. I had it backwards. You probably caught it. I make mistakes all the time. I don't really edit. But at this point, after my conversation with Matt Perino and seeing kind of what's going on just in regards to the players and the hashtag we want to play fam I'm just hoping there's I'm just hoping there's a season because I'm really enjoying this platform and I'm enjoying being on the Buffalo Networks or Buffalo Fanatics Network and super appreciative of 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 Pierre and and Rico and Bobby and thankful for Jay Spence and the hump day hotline that's going on now on Wednesdays and if you didn't tune into that last week I promise I'll get my mic level fixed but me and Jay Spence had a blast I love Steve, like I love Dave, like all the guys on the network, like we're all boys. I love the fact that the network's growing. I love talking about the Buffalo Bills. I love just being, this is a great, it's a great disconnect for me from normal life. And I love it. And I love the fact that you guys are enjoying listening to it as well. And I love the fact that I'm making connections with people that I never thought I could make connections with, whether it's Greg Thompson or Matt Perino or whoever, Pat Moran. But I'm telling you right now, if we find out in the next two, three weeks that like there's no NFL season in 2020, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm not saying I'm not saying that you won't hear from me until 2021, but you might not hear from me until 2021. Because <laughs> talking about nothing through the off season, when there's nothing to talk about in the off season, and now you're telling me I have to do this for another year, that's challenging, man. That's tough. So here's to hoping there's a 2020 NFL season. We need it. We need good, we, for, for goodness sakes, we need good, we need good news for 2020. We need something good to go right. Something to go our way. And I don't necessarily mean Bill's fans. I mean, Americans, we need something to go right. Cause God knows there's an election coming and you have two choices and I'm not going to get political, but you have the option to vote for the guy that can't tell the truth or the guy that can't put a coherent sentence together. Those are your choices. Something needs to redeem 2020. And for me, it's my hope and prayer is it's the bill season. Football season is the redeeming factor for the 20 for, for, for 2020 is a year. Otherwise, 
I'm ready to tap out, yo. Like, let's just get to 2021 and get this over with. I can't take much more. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to me. This was the Overreaction Podcast on the Buffalo Fanatics Network, brought to you by the market dominator, John Spazcheck. Uh, He is a very good friend of mine, and he could be a very good friend of yours. Just give the man a call. Uh, if you got a house to sell or you're looking to buy, give John a call. So thankful for you guys for listening uh, today. Do me a favor. Uh, take an opportunity to listen to, if you enjoy the content that you hear from me, uh, give the all of Buffalo Fanatics a shot. We are, we are pumping out content as far as the network goes between the Bills guys. Bills Overdue and my show and Code of Conduct with Jay Spence. And there's a, and now we've got another network out. Uh, there's just a lot going on for the Buffalo Fanatics. Rico's show on YouTube. Uh, obviously, mine and Jay Spence's show, Humpty Hotline, on Wednesdays that are, that's also on YouTube. Uh, you catch me in two days uh, on the Humpty Hotline with, with, with Jay Spence. There's just a lot going on, guys. So if you are looking for Bill's content and you are sick and tired of the every, everyday doldrums of what you get, uh, for Bill's content, and what I mean by that is what's free over the radio in your car, please feel free to jump in and grab some content from Buffalo Fanatics because we are cranking it out. Also, if you have not as of yet got your Buffalo Fanatics gear, please hustle on over to bffanshop.com, bffanshop.com. Type in the code OVERREACT. You get 10% off of, I think, almost everything there. So with that, I appreciate you guys. Once again, last time, Overreaction Podcast, brought to you by the Market Dominator. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. That handle, again, is at Joe Miller Wired. Please follow me. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. But I am the voice of the Overreaction Podcast, and I am so honored and privileged to have you listening to me. Until next, guys. Next time, guys, we'll talk to you soon. I hope to see you on Wednesday on YouTube. Go Bills. Go Bills.